Welcome back to Scoops. Another episode this week. Beautiful day here. Short week for Miss Post and I at school, which is awesome. Miss Post, what are your thoughts on a short week? Um, it's nice. Usually the front half of the week is uh, pretty relaxing for me, so it's nice to end it early and go enjoy the weekend. Should always get on board for a short week. Sleep, staying up late, sleeping in with or staying up late with no consequences. Mm-hmm. Sleeping in, Sleep just chilling, doing whatever you want. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. Tell us a good story from this week, Miss Post. A uh, good story. Um, I was told by one of my students, middle school students, that I look like I could do a handstand. I responded and said, no, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> but I'll take it as a compliment. That is. I'm surprised you can't, Miss Post. You're pretty flexible. Well, can't be everything, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, for me... Uh, no, no, not too good of stories. We took a field trip, which was awesome. Kids love being there. It's cool to see. Uh, Mr. T does not do well on buses. Too big for them, A and B. Get car sick easily, so next time got to pop some Dramamine or something. Sorry, Mr. T. But thank you. But the kids did a great job. They had fun, and uh, that's most important. So it was cool to see. Okay. All right. Today we're going to talk about Corona Bros, a noun. What that means, who are they? The definition. Corona bros in our lives and why they're still just, you know, fighting this fight of, you know, shutting the world down for COVID, which you all know why they do that, but we'll talk about it more anyway. And we'll delve into Corona bros and sports media specifically. They're pushed to cancel sports last year. Um, they're pushed that it's so dangerous that people will die. Players will die. You know, tip top athletes with the cold will die. Um, we'll talk about that narrative as well. We'll, of course, delve into some about masks and just the stupidity of that. We'll delve into uh, Dr. Fauci saying, quote, it's too soon to tell if we can gather at Christmas time. Not quite sure how vaccinated individuals means you can't gather, but I guess I don't, I don't have anything to say to that. Yeah. But let's start. We'll go with some picks first. Let's do uh, college picks first, Miss Post. Uh, let's start Saturday. Huge game, Penn State, Iowa. Who do you like in that one? Uh, Got to pick Penn State. They've been uh, having some good momentum lately. I feel like that's going to carry them through. You know, I picked Penn State to lose at Wisconsin. I was wrong. Two years ago, they played at Iowa. I picked Iowa. I was wrong. But I'm still going to pick Iowa again. Okay. Don't like Iowa, but I think they're at home. I'm just always biased towards the home team. So sure. got to give Iowa some love here. Miss Post will probably be right, but we'll just see. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Let's go Arkansas at Old Miss. Arkansas shellacked by Georgia last week. Old Miss beaten pretty soundly by Bama. Who do you like in that one? The game is in Old Miss. Ooh, I'll have to pick Old Miss for that. Old Miss too at home. I think Arkansas is good, but they're not they're not quite at that level yet. Old Miss has too good of an offense. I think they'll win at home. At home. Yes. All right. Uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Red River shootout. We're gonna call it the shootout still because we're not we're not PC here, so we're not gonna go with the Red River showdown. We're gonna say Red River shootout as it should be, mm-hmm. but it's at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, which is a it's normal uh, neutral site. The state fair is back because Texas is a red state, so there's no nonsense about canceling outdoor events like the fair. Anyway, Oklahoma, Texas. Who do you like, Miss Post? Classic rivalry. Uh, I'm gonna say Oklahoma for this. I'm gonna go Oklahoma as well. I think they're the better team. They've struggled a bit. Their offense does not look like it usually does, but I think Oklahoma will win. Texas, they're just kind of a weird team. I wouldn't surprise me if Texas won, but I'm taking the Sooners in this game. And lastly, Alabama at A&M. Who do you like in that one? Got to pick Alabama. Bama should roll. A&M lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State, so clearly not back, as many people thought. Um, 
I think last year their one-loss campaign was a fluke, as we've seen. Uh, Bama, I think, will roll, as they will most of this year. Bonus pick, actually, LSU at Kentucky. LSU, two losses. Who do you like in that one? Uh, Kentucky undefeated. Oh, Kentucky. Got to say, home game, you know, that advantage. I'm going to Kentucky as well. LSU lost to Auburn at home. I picked LSU then. I'm going to Kentucky this game at home. I think they're the better team. LSU's just not that good. And finally, bonus two, Georgia at Auburn. The uh, Deep South's oldest rivalry is a nickname for this one. Who do you like in that one, Miss Post? I guess I'll say Auburn. Could be a toss-up, though. I don't know. I'm going Georgia. Um, Auburn lost to Penn State, which is not no shame in that. Then struggled against Georgia State. Beat LSU on the road, but I just think Georgia's too good. Their defense is too good. I'm picking the Bulldogs, but Miss Post, you're usually right over me, so we'll see if that continues in this case. Thank you. So let's switch gears. We made a lot of SEC picks this week, which actually fits with our theme. Let's talk of Corona Bros in sports media. So first off, let's discuss what a Corona Bro is. I was asked this Sunday at my friend's daughter's baptism celebration. Someone asked what a Corona Bro is, and I said, Miss Post, you can add to this. I said, it's someone who wears a mask at all times, probably two masks, wears a mask outside, hasn't gone to a restaurant in, in, in 20 months, uh, you know, refuses to go with people who are unvaccinated, um, thinks that sports should be canceled. Kids should eat lunch outside. Kids shouldn't. Kids should stay in their seats all all day at school. Um, they're they're perfectly healthy. Twenty five year old. Excuse me. Corona Bros are perfectly healthy. Twenty five year olds who've already gotten their booster shot and will probably get their fourth one in two months. Um, so that's that's what a Corona Bro is. Anything, anything to add to that in this post? Yeah, I think it, it Corona Bro is someone who virtue signals a lot, uh, brags about it on social media, shames others who don't agree with them. And, you know, it's really just a show about how, like, how virtuous they are for following all these rules and going above and beyond the rules to the point where it's insanity. Exactly. And I think it it goes without saying that the same cats that posted about getting the vaccine, Mm -hmm. that's Corona Bro 101. Yeah, Corona Bro 101 was everybody posting their uh, vaccination cards when they got them. Yes. Vaccine. Yes. Or or making a profile header that says we're all in this together or or vaxxed or vaxxed or wearing a vax pin like I guess New York's governor wears now a vaccine pin. I, I don't. I, again, hilarious. as you said in this post, virtue signaling, it's a status symbol. And second of all, it makes it almost like that's the only vaccine that matters in the world anymore. Excellent because point. Because if you wear a vaccine vaccinated pin, it's like. Which vaccine? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it could be it could be anything else, but somehow that's the only one that matters at this point anymore. Excellent. Shout out to Adam for this info, but there was a tweet put out. I don't even know who it was by. It might have been the head of the FDA, I think, actually. But basically she said the two things she looks forward to in fall are uh, picking fruit from her garden and getting the flu vaccine. Uh, I don't really know. You know, there's just no word for that. No word for that. Oh but that's, that's a good laugh of the day for the folks at home there listening. Good laugh for them. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, I just want to put this. We'll, we'll talk about this in a bit. We we'll talk about the NBA's uh, COVID procedures, but I do want to mention the Corona Bros. Again, they're all about you know listening to what the government says. Mask, vax, never leave your house. You know, don't gather for Christmas, whatever. But it's just ironic because so many of the Corona Bros are the same ones that were saying resist for the previous four years, or say that you know. Resist authority, resist the patriarchy, resist what the government tells you to do, resist what authority says. Mm-hmm. But of course, those same ones now live and die by what, what authority says. CDC's authority and other things as well, they listen to obviously, but they live and die by what the CDC says. 
in the name of being resistant. Oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be, uh, I'm not gonna just do what they say. I'm a, I'm a dangerous woman, or whatever you want to say. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. it, since when is the is the protest movement? Since when does the protest movement support what the powers that be said? Right. Are you kidding me? Right. What are we talking about? Yeah. How is that protesting if you're agreeing? With what's in place. Exactly. And of course, part of it is because of Trump. We know that. But even so, it's just like, again, the same people that beat their chest about like not wanting rules and wanting liberation and things like that are the same ones that like demand that you listen to what the government says and they only listen to what the government says. And literally only wear a mask because the government says so. They don't look, they don't care that it's stupid or they've already had COVID or it's outside or they're vaccinated. So nope, we gotta do it. Isn't that the exact definition of like of emboldening authority and doing what they ask you to do by just going along blindly? Yeah. And again, those are the same ones tweeting about, oh, uh, my body, my choice, or resist, yeah. or or government uh, government doesn't care about its citizens. Well, the logic just it just yeah. sums up twenty twenty one COVID logic, honestly. Right, right. Um, and my boy Clay Chow was pointing this out last spring as well, because again, it's usually like you, Hollywood and things like that reject the the mainstream. They reject authority. They reject government because it's like they're they're rebels. But now they only they do whatever the government says. They promote the they promote the vaccines, which is fine. But that's what the government says. They promote uh, Biden's agenda. It's just like it's just amazing that like they can be that hypocritical and they're so far up their own ass that they, like don't realize that they're literally doing mm-hmm. the same thing they've preached about for sixty plus years to not do. Right. And I lost the train of thought on the other part as I go on this good rant. But it's just it's just it's amazing. You know, the anti-war movement was founded on a, a distrust of authority and, 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 you know, daring the government to arrest you because they're not going to listen to them. But now it's like they, they arrest others for not doing what the government says. Isn't that exactly what they preached against? And here's what I was, here's what I was going to say. Um, uh, Antifa earlier this year, there was like a, a, a protest for the protest. There was a protest against the vaccine mandate, I believe, in California. And Antifa showed up to fight the protesters. So Antifa, literally an anti-fascist who was against government and wants anarchy, was protesting, was, was beating and, and, and counter-protesting against people who were protesting the government. What sense does that make? What, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'm sorry I got distracted for a minute, but yes. What are we talking about? Anyway, so let, let's switch gears. We're going to go back to this in a bit when we talk about the NBA's abs- absurd COVID procedures. But let's talk about the Corona Bros in sports media, which there are many. There's many layers to why sports media has just fallen on hard times and why it's kind of a joke now and things like that. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, journalists wanting to be cool and have access and be considered like, you know, just just hip with the players. And, you know, just they don't want to write they don't want to write ask tough questions, write tough columns. They just want to be fanboys and things like that. Part of it is because they're usually grown men or grown women covering 20-some-year-old athletes, so it's also a, a different vibe. Mm-hmm. But basically, it, it was almost as if the sports media was rooting against sports returning last year, particularly college sports. You look at guys like Pat Forty, uh, Stuart Mandel. I, I mean, there was just guys that were basically saying there's no way we can play football it's not safe we should we should cancel it it's a crime against humanity things like that so for context the sec never said they were going to shut down 
they were never they played a ten game conference only schedule plus a conference turn or conference championship game. They also had fans, I believe in each of their stadiums they had fans, maybe not Vanderbilt, but the other stadiums there were at least some fans there. No super spreader events occurred. There were a few cancellations. I don't know the exact number on games that were canceled. Obviously, some got rescheduled, but there were a couple cancellations. But Alabama, the national champion, they played all 13 of their games. So again, SEC played a full 10-game schedule with fans, didn't have to cancel, didn't have to have any pauses. No one got sick or hospitalized. Obviously, no one died. There was no super spreader event. Contrast that with the Big Ten, who first off voted to cancel. They voted to cancel the football season. The Big Ten commissioner's son went to Mississippi State. He was going to play while his own league was not going to play. So then, of course, they realized, hey, this is a pretty dumbass decision. We shouldn't cancel football. Let's bring it back. So they bring him back late October, super late, eight-game schedule, okay? If a player tests positive, it's a 21-day quarantine, 21 days, because they had to go back and check for this myocarditis heart condition that sometimes rarely occurs after you have COVID. So 21-day quarantine. You probably get COVID again in that time. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> True. So they, they do that. Pac-12 eventually follows suit with their own six-game schedule. But the Big Ten, of course, says no fans. Now, let's pause here because when the Big Ten said they were coming back, Christine Brennan, who previously was a respected journalist, she's covered sports many years. This just goes to show the takeover of the woke culture and, and the Fauci culture. But she wrote an article, and I'm trying not to laugh at this, Kayla, and Adam listening at home, and Phil. She said the Big Ten returning football, bringing football back, was the darkest day in conference history. The darkest day in conference history. Mind you, this is the same conference where Larry Nassar worked as a team doctor, okay? Jerry Sandusky, convicted sexual or child sexual molester, worked as a head football, excuse me, a defensive coordinator for many years at Penn State, okay? Obviously, there are many racial issues in the 40s, 50s, and 60s in the conference. But no, bringing back football with healthy 20-some-year-olds and 19-year-olds was the darkest day in conference history. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? That's got to be a joke. That is a joke. Like that, it's just, it's just, it's comical. It's comical. It's, it's unreal that that was said. But that's what was said. That's why she's on a Mount Rushmore of Corona Bros and sports media. So anyway, let's pause there. So they bring it back. Twenty-one day quarantine. Stupid. Then they, of course, they have no fans. Now, first off, let's let's backtrack a bit as well. They were doing conference-only games. Many conferences were. So West Virginia can travel to play Texas Tech or Texas, but they can't play Pittsburgh in what's called the backyard brawl because they don't want people crossing the state lines. Now, I'm not, I'm not a geography major, but I do know West Virginia is a hell of a lot farther from Texas than it is from Pittsburgh. But let's move on. No fans. So Indiana and Purdue are two institutions in Indiana, or in the Big Ten that are in Indiana. They can't have fans. Notre Dame, which is about what, 180 miles north of Bloomington, 120 miles of, 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 from, from Lafayette maybe, they can have fans at their games. The Colts can have fans at their games. Yeah. But Purdue, Purdue, Purdue and IU can't. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing in our undisclosed state of being the only county in our undisclosed state. That still has a mass mandate. Still has a mass mandate. Still has a mass mandate. So I can drive, you know, over the border of the county – 
and not have to wear a mask. It, it, it makes no sense. Not. First not. of all, we are not the most populous county in the state. Yet somehow that makes us more susceptible to getting COVID. I, tell me how that makes sense. Exactly, Miss Post. And the, again, so sports fans, same thing. Uh, NFL, many stadiums didn't have fans. And, you know, that's fine. I think there definitely shouldn't have been limits out. You know, yes, COVID was spreading. It had nothing to do with football. So people will say, oh, well, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be th- these things going on during a pandemic. Okay, well, then, again, it's just like the mask. That's a cultural issue. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't think sports should be prioritized when there's things going on in the world, then that's your issue. But otherwise, there should never be sports being played because there's wars going on, there's famine, exactly. there's, there's, there's storms. I mean, what are we talking about? Right, right. COVID was not contributing to the spread. Or excuse me, football is not contributing to the spread of COVID one iota. None. You know how many super spreaders Fauci said was going to occur? Every single time there's a packed crowd. Oh, I wouldn't do that. It's not safe. Super spreader. Literally last year, Clemson, Notre Dame beat Clemson on November 7th, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Fans rushed the field. Oh, I remember. There were tweets about, oh, it's so dangerous that people are storming the field. Simultaneously, people were in the streets of D.C. and Philly celebrating Biden's victory that was announced that day. Mm-hmm. But that was not called a super spreader. And there was no talk about that being dangerous. Exactly. And that just sums it up right there. Mm-hmm. That just sums it up right there. Yeah. So, again, the stadium's outside. You can space out easily. easily. Even an indoor stadium you can space out. No one was saying full capacity. And probably if it was full capacity last year, it probably would have spread a bit especially indoor stadiums. Outside, you probably could have been fine. Anyway, whatever. But to have no fans at all? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But let's go to perhaps the best, the best take on... The best take on not playing football. This comes from University of Illinois computer science professor Dr. Sheldon Jacobson. He had a June 2020 interview with a CBS sports reporter named Dennis Dodd. Okay. Here's what he said. If college football plays at the FBS level, he said, quote, I guarantee someone is going to die. Oh, (laughs) let me say that again. I guarantee someone is going to die. How can you guarantee that? How embarrassing is that going to be for you when that does become true? Jacobson told Dodd, not only was someone going to die, but the FBS level would see three to seven deaths from COVID. Here's another quote. A few of them could end up in the hospital and you'll have a small number who could die, Jacobson said. I don't want to sugarcoat it for you. I just want to give you the facts. If everybody comes together in normal circumstances, we'll probably see that kind of outcome. Let's go back to the quote. I guarantee someone is going to die, end quote. Now, you can say, oh, he said normal circumstances. That's not what happened. First of all, that's a stretch. He said not to play. But let's just say, let's just go with that. Fine. So if they don't get it from each other on the field, how would they get it from fans that they don't interact with? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's not even... I'm already calling out, calling, shooting down that rebuttal because that doesn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. About halfway through the year, he changed his claims to say there'll be an average of 0.4 deaths during the year. Again, that was wrong. No players were hospitalized from COVID. No players died. No coaches died from COVID during the season. I don't know about otherwise. That could be. I don't know. But there's been no reports of football contributing to COVID yeah. since 2020 when the season was I brought mean- back. It's an outdoor sport. Not many, at least college football stadiums, are indoors or enclosed. I mean, yes, you are maybe rubbing up against people in the hallways or the bathrooms and stuff, but not during 
the majority of the game. Outdoor sport, exactly. Outdoor sport. And there also was something there also was something discussed in about August of 2020. There was a study that came out, I believe, in Sports Illustrated, that basically said there's been no instances of COVID spreading from the playing field. So one player on a team to an opposing player. Wasn't None. The, wasn't no the, instances of that. Wasn't the whole thing like you're a close contact and you can get COVID if you're within six feet for 15 minutes or more. Exactly. They're exactly. Not, they're not with those people for 15 minutes at a time. Exactly. If you are, something's wrong. So later this Jacobson guy revised his statement to say that basketball, there would be a college basketball coach that dies because they're a lot older. Of course, there were no college basketball coaches that died. From COVID during the season, they got through a whole tournament. They played all except one game. Uh, let's also point out that in the NFL, misposed there last year, there were 256 NFL games during the regular season, and there were 11, I'm sorry, 13 playoff games, so 269 games. Misposed, guess how many of those 269 got canceled? Like one? None. None. They played a full NFL season. A full NFL season. They had to move around a few games. Mm-hmm. They had to move around a few games, but they played a full NFL season. All 269 games mm-hmm. they played, despite the pandemic and the death on the field that was going to occur. They played a full season. Oh Florida had fans, some fans. Uh, other stadiums did as well. Cleveland and Cincinnati had some fans. Browns actually did something right. Thank you. But again, full season was, was played in the NFL. No cancellations. College sports, no one died. College basketball, no coach died. No player was hospitalized. So, again, what are we talking about? Mm-hmm. I just want to go back to this myocarditis thing because I just pulled up the article I saved. So, this was from May 2021. Uh, the study, study came out. The inflammatory heart condition was found in 2.3% of the Big Ten college athletes given a cardiac MRI after testing positive for COVID. Now, again, this, they put in this 21-day quarantine to test for this myocarditis, which is a serious thing. It also comes from the vaccine in young men, but that's a different issue, whatever, though. But this was, this was the reason they had a 21-day quarantine, because this huge issue of the heart inflammation. Nine of those athletes with myocarditis reported cardiac symptoms, but 28 reported no cardiac symptoms. Okay. So, again, 21-day quarantine for this issue that's very rare and that many times doesn't have symptoms. Now, I don't know enough to say that the symptoms mean there's no issue. I'm not going to delve into that. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But still, the percentage of those even got it is very, very low. So, Adam, we're going to talk about that more later if you want. Anyway, that's the point. Let's switch gears now to say... Uh, more, let's go back to the mask and virtue signaling because, again, we already said that there's nothing that spreads on the, on the field. We said that. And so let's also review that. Uh, let's talk about how on the sideline and in the huddle before they go out and take the field and coaches, they have to wear a mask because if they don't wear a mask, they're not being safe. But the alleged argument of mask is you don't know if you're infected or not. Okay, pro athletes and these Big Ten athletes and all college athletes were tested multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. So why would they wear a mask if we know they don't have COVID because they're negative? 
Plus, they're playing, they're mixing anyway, where it's not a risk, as we just said. So what's the point? You know what the point is? Virtue signaling. Virtue signaling. Because the NFL is such a racist league, they're afraid of the mob. They have to accommodate by making people who are already negative for COVID wear a mask on the sideline outside, in most cases. Outside! Yeah. Even in the NBA. Again, they're already tested for COVID. Why would you wear a mask if you're negative for COVID? You already know that you don't have it. There's no reason you wear one because you might be positive. Wrong. If you're, if you're tested for COVID before you play, you're not positive. Yeah. They're tested multiple times a day. Yeah. Ironic, you need three negatives to offset a false positive. Whereas if you had a false Mine. positive, that's it. No more. No right. more. Right. But anyway, that's another issue. But that just goes to show how masks are useless and a signal and really mm-hmm. aren't even used for their alleged purpose and alleged benefit. Now, let's switch gears before we make our NFL picks. Let's talk about this NBA COVID policy because Kyrie Irving, who I'm not really a fan of, great player, huge diva, weird guy, not as good as he thinks he is, but he demanded a trade from Cleveland after they won the championship, which is just kind of weird. And again, I'm not a LeBron fan at all, but that doesn't really make sense. He's also not a very good team leader because anytime he's been the leader, his teams were not very good. But anyway, he's with the Brooklyn Nets. So, of course, Brooklyn has this absurd vaccine requirement where you have to, you have to have your vaccine to go inside to places so he can't practice he can't play in home games because of have his vaccine and so it's just a fascinating case to me because first off the nba enables their players so much it's a player's league that's why ratings have tanked because the players have all the power adam silver is just a worthless commissioner spineless gutless whatever you want to say but it's a player's league so they're not going to they're not going to call him out because he's a black he's a black superstar they're not going to say he has to do this because they're forcing a black guy to take medicine they're not going they're not going to say that mm-hmm. but it's also intriguing that those in sports media aren't critiquing him more right because again if you look at it it's it's a league with majority white owners I'm sorry all white owners except for MJ okay demanding that players do certain things uh, players who are majority uh, majority black isn't that the exact definition of systemic racism? Mm-hmm. Demanding that the players do something and, and put something in their bodies? Why is that not being talked about? Mm-hmm. So this is a fascinating case of the NBA, which is a player's league, refuses to uh, do something about this. Yeah. While also they, they, won't, they won't make exceptions because they have to support this, these cities' dumb vaccine mandates. Now, to be fair, it's the cities, not the league, doing this. But the NBA probably could fight it a bit more, just like last year when the 49ers had to relocate to Arizona for the rest of their season because California said no gatherings, no outdoor gatherings. Again, stupid, but whatever. Either way, though, it's just a fascinating case of the NBA, again, a league that fights racism, that allegedly isn't racist at all, and they they do everything right. They're going to have to, this guy's going to have to get the vaccine in order to play, which looks bad or if they accommodate them it looks bad so again you know you dig yourself this hole and that's how it goes this is a fascinating case i do want to add one thing though my boy jason whitlock a few weeks ago wrote this piece about how uh it's no wonder that many black athletes don't want to take the vaccine why because for the last 18 months they've heard how their country hates them their country's racist government's out to get them things like that so how can you preach that message for so long and then and then be surprised that people don't want to listen to you and and do what the government says Mm -hmm. And on a different note, how is it not racist to require a vaccine, to have a vaccine mandate? Mm-hmm. Because black and Hispanic people are the, are 
their percentages are the lowest of those who have gotten the vaccine. And you can't really have a vaccine mandate without having an ID. Right. So how can a, how can a voter ID be allowed in this case? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, how can an ID right. requirement be allowed in this case? Yeah, to get a vaccine, but not to vote for your country's leadership. Exactly. It's allegedly Doesn't Jim Crow. Know. It's allegedly Jim Crow, mm. but not when it comes to the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I, I just... Oh it's a good goodness. thing we have this podcast because I just need a platform to vent and just ex- exploit just the utter hypocrisy and absurdity of these things in the world that those in power, which is the left, academia, culture, Hollywood, government, media. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing how COVID has just like – COVID is like – it's not even the, the black plague. It's more than that. It's just like – it's like uh, the biblical cities, Sodom and Gomorrah that got burned mm-hmm. by God like with a with – a, uh, a, a flash of lightning or whatever. Yeah. It's just like that. Like nothing else comes close to. You can have Jim Crow ID laws. You can have segregation. You can have uh, unlimited power. You can have Orwellian lockdowns. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. But speaking of that, let's point out my boy Adam sent me this funny uh, in, in, informal study from Stanford. This guy basically went to a place on campus and observed for an hour people riding bikes. And more people had bikes on uh, no helmets with mask than had helmets on and no mask. So again, they, they're, they're, Stanford's president is a neuroscientist. So in the name of science, they have more kids riding bikes. Now, informally, not a formal study, but it's still kind of funny. But in that time, they had more kids riding bikes with masks on than with helmets. I mean, it, it, this, this is Stanford. This is the best yeah. of the best. Yeah. I mean, does, it, does that sum it up or what? That's a little scary. And that's why, as I say, people who are apathetic need to wake up and just fight back because they're just emboldening the activists who think that you need to wear a mask 24-7 and, again, segregation based on vaccination status. And let's just, let's just reiterate again. If you're vaccinated, you are protected, which is true. Plus, they're going to make you get vaccinated. So if you have to get the vaccine to be protected, why in the world do you care if someone else is vaccinated or not? Why do they need to be isolated? NBA is making you sit apart for team meals. Your locker is away from someone else. You're unvaccinated. You have to wear a mask six, six feet apart. Again, literally segregation. Mm-hmm. But I just, I have, I can talk about that all day. It's just ridiculous. But let's just go back to the quote. I guarantee someone is going to die, end quote, from college football. And full season was played. When did that happen? That was last summer. That was said. Well, I mean, just like. That didn't happen. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, yeah when, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When did it happen? Exactly. And also, one thing I just want to clown the Big Ten again because they messed up in so many ways, but also they're the only uh, team, only league, whose NFL stadium they used for the championship game did not have the Big Ten logo on it. SEC played at the Falcon Stadium. They had it. Uh, Mac played in Detroit. They had it. Um, Big 12 played in Dallas. They had it. Now, and don't, don't give me that the team was playing Sunday at home the next day because the Falcons were playing Sunday at home the next day and they had their logo on there. But the, and the Colts were playing the next day after the Big Ten title game. So they're like, oh, maybe because of the Colts logo. No, wrong. Again, the Falcons had their, the Falcons got their stadium in there in time. They still have the SEC logo on their field the day before. So the Big Ten just dropped the ball in so many ways. I mean, it's just, it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. It's just a joke, but... Let's get into our NFL picks. Great work today, Ms. Post, as always. Uh, NFL picks, uh, Ram Seahawks. We're actually publishing before Thursday today, so Ram Seahawks will be liking that one in Seattle. 
Oh, I believe I have Rams on that game. Bold pick. I'm going Seahawks at home. You'll probably be right again. You never know. Miss Bills, tell everyone where you're in in our pick'em. By the way, what place? Uh, first place. First place by a game heading into Week Five. Very Two good, Miss Post. True. All right, next game. Let's go Jets Falcons in London. Who do you like in that one? Uh, wait a second. <laughs> I Falcons. She's looking it up right now, Adam. I <laughs> I made my picks before the podcast. By the way, I got I'm, Falcons. I got burned by the Falcons last week, so I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Okay, Saints, Redskins. I'm not calling the Washington football team because that's stupid. So Saints, Redskins, Miss Post. Who do you like in that one? Um, I got uh, Redskins. Another difference. I like that. I'm going Saints on the road. I think they're the better team. I'll pick the Saints. Uh, Broncos, Steelers. I'm going Steelers at home. I just don't think they're – I think they're too good to start one and four. I know that's bad logic, Adam, but get, you'll we'll talk about it later. And – Denver, I think, is not very good offensively. I think we, we saw that against Baltimore, so I'm taking Pittsburgh. I got Broncos. Four for four on differences. I like that. Okay, Browns, Chargers. I picked the Browns, picked against the Browns three out of four weeks. I've been wrong on two of those, but of course, I'm still going to pick the Chargers. I think they're the better team. They're at home, and I think Baker Mayfield is not playing very well, so I think the Chargers win that game. I've got you, too, with the Chargers. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Niners, Cardinals, 2-2 two two at 4-0. and oh. Who do you like in that one? Kind of a must-win for San Fran. Uh, I got Cardinals on that game. Cardinals as well. I think they will start 5-0. and oh. I think they're the better team, and, and San Francisco is kind of at a crossroads with Jimmy G, so I think Arizona will win. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Bills-Chiefs, AFC title game rematch in Kansas City. Who do you like in that one, this post? Uh, I got to pick Chiefs. Chiefs as well. Again, too good. Bills, I think, are, are the – Probably the second-best team in the AFC, but I just don't think they're on the Chiefs level. I think Chiefs are, are superior. I think they'll win. Mm-hmm. All right, Ms. Post, final parting shots. Again, don't forget the quote, I guarantee someone is going to die. And the Big Ten bringing back football was the darkest day in conference history. Darkest day in conference history. Again, same conference that is Michigan State with the Nassar scandal and Penn State with the Sandusky scandal. But nope, healthy 21-year-olds playing football outside is the the darkest darkest day in conference history. Shows where their priorities are. In journalism, uh, getting woke is more important than anything else, really. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been been the case for many years. And it just, like many things, got even worse under COVID. Scary world out there, folks. Stay safe. Stay safe. Don't wear a mask outside, or really at all, but don't wear a mask outside especially. And clown the NFL... Not only this year, but clown the NFL for last year making guys wear a mask after they're already tested multiple times a day. Again, the reason you wear a mask is if you don't know you have COVID. If you're tested every single day, why are you wearing a mask? Adam, please tell me. (laughs) Listen to this before you come over and tell me why you'd wear a mask after you test negative for COVID and you're tested every single day. I need to know. I need to know that. We're curious. Tell us. Thank you for listening. God's blessings for a great week. Mm-hmm. And go Bucks. And this post, do the best. Thank you, Mr. T. Thanks for listening to Scoops. Peace.